So uh, here we are, sports meets beer. beer. We are live. We are at Sally Tomatoes, Roner Park, California. We want to thank them very much for allowing us to uh, record here. Lovely establishment. Utilize their kitchen, their bar. Thank you to our guests and to our four friends that uh, got here and didn't expect to have this kind of noise and atrocity <laughs> while they're trying to eat a meal. Our two-man judging panel. What the hell is going on? Well, I'd like the rest of the judges to please come sit down. Whomever they may be, Enrique, Sam. Uh, I'm going to count to five, and then yeah. the other people and who have sat down are going to be invited up to the judging panel. Exactly. <laughs> if you uh, if you haven't listened to our podcast before, what uh, the hell? Yeah, we're not friends, really. That's probably the, the first answer. Um, you know, we we talk about sports, we talk about food, and we talk about beer. Uh, we're going to do all three of those today. We've got um, this is the MLB food showdown. We bracketize the food. We've got uh, two delicious meals for our selected judges uh, who have not. Right now, there's only two judges. It's going to be a very quick competition. You know, geographically speaking, this is a lot like the Civil War, as one is from the north and one is very much from the south. (laughs) Nice. And the one from the south is exactly what you would expect from a Saturday afternoon at the ballpark in Atlanta, Georgia. It is greasy. (laughs) All right. Well, uh Basically, we're going to go through here. We're going to we're going to run our the Fenway Frank, which is the one of the two items. We're going to run that to our judges here momentarily. Uh, we'll fire that out. But while we're doing that, uh, we'll take a quick minute to introduce ourselves. Over there to my right is Brad. Uh, I am Ben Perry, and here in the center between us is our producer, star producer Charlene. Star. Everyone, give Charlene a round of applause because she puts up with us every week. And we are a mess. We are a mess. We said that we've had hiccups today, but literally we just didn't come prepared. Yeah. That's the bottom line. <laughs> well, it sucks when you have another job, other responsibilities. Whoa, whoa. It's not anybody else's fault. No, I'm not saying it is. <laughs> I'm just simply pointing out. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, today is, is uh, very special for us. Like I said, this is our, our first thing we try to put together. We, uh, well, it's technically our second. We, if you guys listen to our Battle of the Brews podcast, we did one there. Uh, it was fun. And we got a little cocky and thought, well, we could do it anywhere. <laughs> and here we are. Literally, my computer is still doing a Windows update. <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> the food took longer than we thought. The beer no, took longer didn't. than we thought. Uh, but it's been, you know what? It's what you live and learn. What are you going to do? Uh, I do want to introduce, uh, take a minute to talk about our esteemed panel in front of us here. Um, so we're going to go down the list here. We got Enrique. Raise your hand, Enrique. Thank you very much. Old friend of mine, Sam, next to him. Uh, Sam begged and pleaded for a plus one, and his friend's not here. <laughs> oh, there he is. Okay, we'll get him over here. Because, listen, it's clearly packed in here. Yeah. I mean, clearly. This is, Tens of people were knocking down the door to get in We've this got place. seven alternates lined up, <laughs> and I have no problem. <laughs> Next to the empty chair is Kyle. Kyle, what's up? That's uh, our friend Pickles, friend of mine, friend of yours. Richie Large, right there. Mr. Steve Osborne, right? Steve is one of our new friends from the Barrel Barrel Proof Comedy Podcast. Uh, they are going to be part of this, and then I think we're going to take over their podcast and, intru- and uh, intrude upon them. Well, let's just wait to see how this goes. Yeah, they might rescind that. They might, <laughs> they might rescind that invitation. Walk out mid through, like <laughs> throw down the throw down the dog, and be like, "This is a s show." No, you I could wanna, say shit. I think. Well, we probably could, but I don't know. Maybe well, we should just do it, and then if we get told no, shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there we go. And then uh, Casey is uh, I don't know, going pee-pee or something. I don't know. Perfect. There we go. We're grown men. Better like in that. the bathroom than while he's eating the food, yes, I think. Yes, that's true. Um, we're going to go through a couple beers. Uh, I got a, uh, some beer from uh, a new one from New Belgium called uh, Heavy Melon. Also got some stuff I snuck down to Lagunitas today. 
uh, grab some stuff from the uh, the tap room. So it's it's stuff that's uh, not even out of the streets. We've talked about this briefly. If you if you did not follow, we bracketized all thirty major league baseball teams. We gave the uh, longstanding Dodger dog, the Fenway Frank, the first round bye, and then we debated hotly all the other remaining twenty eight teams. Uh, this is what we came down with: basically, anything that was healthy gone. Um, Out of the mix. Yeah, anything that had to do with any other team in the National League West other than the Giants, done. There was also, just for the record, there was uh, a dozen different hot dogs out right, there. Well, I mean, it, you know. It, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. But there was, you know, you look at you look at what Atlanta did with their sandwich. Very creative. Very cool. And then I know you, I, I liked it, but then like with the Padres, it was just the fish tacos. Kind of boring. Or the, uh, the off-the-cob corn that we got in Ugh, Chicago. Horrible. Horrible, or, the, or as Toronto is always known for the their uh, uh, you know illustrious barbecue. They had the barbecue chicken nachos at, yeah. the, at the Rogers Center. Phenomenal. Nice. Well, anyways, yeah, this is uh, so the food component of this. You know, Brad being a restaurant tour is is much more in tune in tune with that. Uh, do we want to fire out the uh, Fenways right now? Yeah, so we're gonna do two things. We're gonna lead off here with the Fenway Frank. It lead is, off? Is that a baseball joke? It is a baseball joke. All right, well all right. recognized by you, buddy. He's learning, guys. He's learning. <laughs> Uh, it is uh, quite simple. It is a garlic spiced hot dog. Uh, we've had these flown in from um, Kayam, which is the company that makes them. Um, they are kosher and gluten free. Richie, that's for you. Um, and then also, uh, what I noticed, and I'll let you guys make your decision, but what I noticed that makes this thing really special is the bread, which we've also had shipped in from the East Coast. Um, and so we went to many people. I have family that lives on the East Coast. We went uh, to many of them that live in the New England area and asked, what is the appropriate uh, condiment usage for the Fenway Frank and almost to a man and woman they said uh, mustard and sweet pickle relish so that is the way that we went except Richie had to have no mustard so we left it off for him Um, he's weird about his food stuff doesn't like mac and cheese and will throw a tantrum if you put it in front of him I'm not calling the man out but tantrum jeez borderline it was close I have not found that to be true I find you to be a delightful human being I don't care what he says (laughs) So we're gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and step out, Ben. If you want to kind of talk about what the first little beer that we got going on here is, yeah. So what we're, we're gonna, gonna grab do, us some dogs uh, to make this as as easier on me as possible. Uh, there's a cooler right in front. Please, anyone at the table, the tables behind, feel free to grab one. It's uh, from New Belgium. It's called Heavy Melon. Um, one of the most important things about uh, when you do some beer tasting, you know, to make yourself not look like a buffoon while you do it. Uh, there's there's a there's a little acronym that we use in the beer industry, and it's called AATMF. Essentially, what that means. So when you're looking at beer, you want to pour it into a pint glass or a plow. You've got some plastic cups out there that pretty much you know replicate what you need to do. But you've got it at you know the first thing you want to check out on this uh, this beer when you pour it out is going to be the aroma. The aroma is something that is is critical. Just like with food, we uh, we tend to drink with our eyes before we drink with our mouth and and, and everything else. So you can you can get through eyes and and nose. Take a nice big nice nice big pour that out into a cup if you can. Uh, you know, nice big smell, nice big uh, dive your nose into the cup. Really, really smell in what you're what you're about to drink. And the reason that's important is that it's going to set your palate up for and, and ex, for your expectations of what you're going to get. Now, obviously, with a name like Heavy Melon, you expect to have a lot of watermelon in the front. That's exactly what you get out of this. Really light, really uh, you know you, you really taste the melon. Uh, it's it's very you know it seems very 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 light and easy. Uh, that next one is going to be the appearance. Pull that thing up, take a look out into the light. You can see that this is a uh, 
filtered beer, so you're not going to get it's not going to be very heavy. You're going to you're going to expect uh, you know, a nice should in theory be a little crisper, real clean taste, things like that. Uh, you know, the the next thing is going to be the taste, which is the, my favorite part of the five things. Take a big rip of that. So with that, you get you really get that watermelon flavor on the front. Get a little bitterness on the back end, uh, which is going to be it, it, it mentions that it, it mentions that it has lime. I don't really pick up a ton of lime on this, but you do get it on the the back end. It just really has a little bit of that bittering, so it's not overly hoppy. This is obviously a malt forward uh, beer, but uh, really really clean. The mouth feel, which is the M of that acronym, really gives you the uh, thank you boot. Mouthfeel is just really easy. You know, it doesn't overwhelm and dry out your mouth. Uh, it gets a nice, uh, you know, just real good amount of carbonation, which is something that we talk about on a regular basis. That, to me, is one of the most important components of any beer. Uh, and then the finish is, uh, is, is smooth. It's clean. You have a little bit of that, of that watermelon left on there, but it's, it's not overpowering. This is not, a, uh, not like the Ballast Point Dorado where it feels like it's an artificial... Uh, artificially flavored, you know, Jolly Rancher style. I think I I taste this beer, man, and I, it's good. I am I don't think it needs the lime, but it says that it, that's what it's bringing, and I don't get it, which to me is kind of a disappointment. Um, it's very clearly a New Belgian beer. I think the malt profile is pretty yeah, obviously oh, there. You say that, but I I, I disagree. I think this is uh, for me. I feel like they kind of step out of their boundaries a little bit. Um, much like, you know, there's a lot of beers that have, you know, Stone, Anchor. All these beers have very similar profiles that you can taste it and automatically tell who makes it. I think if you didn't know this was a new Belgian beer, I personally feel you wouldn't be able to pick that out. That you wouldn't necessarily say, oh, this is, you know, this is definitely from New Belgium. Right. I think you just get that watermelon. And this is, you know, it's really indicative and very similar to the 21st Amendment. Watermelon wheat. That's a little lighter and a little bit more uh, heavy-handed with the watermelon. Uh, and I don't, I'm not sure what their process is of what part they put the watermelon in. And that's kind of important because, you know, 21st Amendment uses a lot of watermelon puree. They use a lot of it in there, and they blast it out, and you can really taste that in there. Yes, you can. You know, the watermelon Dorado tasted more like, you know, it's artificial, it's fake. They add it, you know, probably at the very end of the, uh, the, the you know, resting process. Right. And it just it just you get you get the flavor, but it's just like a hammer in your mouth. It doesn't come through subtly. This is this is the thing that comes in really really light, uh, really easy, and it's it's a it's a very very subtle watermelon flavor, in my opinion. Let me ask you a question from an industrial standpoint. When does this die? When does the fruit beer die? Because I feel like it it's if it hasn't reached its zenith yet, it's about to, because everybody's got one coming out now. Well, you know, it's a popular. You know, first off, it's I don't think it's necessarily going to die. You know, it's a popular style, and it's something that, you know, obviously can speak to warmer weather, climates, seasonal. And, and you look at the, you take the roadmap of what Ballast Point has done. You know, they obviously have a very, very accomplished brand in Sculpin. Sure. And then they start doing derivatives of that, and they, and they start figuring out that, okay, this is what's working, what's not. But I don't think that citrus is going away. I mean, Citra Hop is one of the more popular hops to use. It's versatile in a lot of ways. So it connects people to having having that citrus flavor and adapting that. And then you can then and then impart more citrus or more fruit in that way. Some people are totally against fruit beers. I personally like them. Um, 
Well, just interesting to me that, you know, when we build like a bar menu, for example, you try and find drinks that are sweet and approachable because that's what the female clientele wants. And as, you know, any bar or nightclub will tell you that if you pack the place with females, that's ultimately what's going to end up making you money. So it seems to me on some level, like that's kind of what this is about because everybody's like, wow, they're, you know, I mean, watermelon, wheat, if you can look through the bar at any one time, who's drinking that? Right. right? Yeah, yeah. You know, no, who's I, drinking I the Hefeweizens because they had the lemon or the orange on the, you know, it's just... It just seems like that's part of the movement here, and so I had to feel like at some point it's going to lose momentum. Do you, do you think it's the, bar, the, moment, the movement towards getting a, uh, a, a, a woman or a female demographic, or is it something that is speaking out to people who maybe are a Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light drinker, and now you're making something more approachable for them? So maybe, maybe that Sculpin is too big of a beer, maybe the Arrogant Bastard is too big, and now you've got something that has... You know, a little bit of legitimacy. It feels like they can impress their craft friends right? and still make it approachable for them until they can transition into a full-blown double IPA. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, you're, you're trying to find a gateway drug, I guess, is kind, of the, is kind of what you're trying to create, right? Good example. So, well, I must say that one of my favorite things to do year in and year out is to sit at the Sonoma County Fair and watch the old ladies try and eat chocolate-dipped bananas. It is my favorite thing. And now I must say that now there's a very close second. It is watching this table full of dudes stuff these. <laughs> I was like, where are these, you going with this? <laughs> stuff these hot dogs in their mouths. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, look at you. They're not even paying. They're, not, they're just here for the free meal. I figured it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to get. Not everybody. I think Kyle, from Kyle on, they're taking it seriously. These three guys are just here for the free hot dog. That's what it boils down to. <laughs> uh, right. Did you eat yours? No, Any not yet. Yours? I put too much mustard on mine. Like the, the, it just feels like it's like a, it's like Wonder Bread. I mean, obviously, it's just one of those things. I just feel like it's, it's not it's not overly complicated. No, I think it's what makes it great. Oh well, no, it's complicated in its simplicity. But I also feel like we could have gone to Oliver's and picked up a roll of a pack of dogs or buns and gotten the same thing. But then I wouldn't have spent the money on the shipping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it was it was good, but. I feel like it was a hot dog. You know, you're not supposed to eat in one bite. <laughs> no, I've got it down there. Yeah, <laughs> take the paper and all. Oh, man. Oh, wow. It was three bites. It was three bites. Jimmy, come on. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a classic dog, man. I mean, what else do you want? What well, else do you want? I, you know, not much. So the I, next one is really more of a is more going to be more of a testament of whatever skill I may or may not have in the kitchen. Because I actually had to do some prep work rather than just boil these hot dogs and, and put the, put the buns in the oven. Um, so let's. Let's take a quick break here. I'm going to break off. I'm Probably gonna, should. I'm going to put some food together. All right. We'll come back. We'll listen to these we'll guys. We'll let this panel. Yeah, we'll go through. Uh, I think I have a mic cable long enough to go talk to each one of them. You want to just go do that right now? Abs- oh, we can do that. I'd rather have you here for that, though. Okay. I just, you know, I miss you. I want you to be close. You know what? That's what I like about you. There we Team go. Player. So you want to take a break, come back to that? Yep, we'll be back. Right, perfect. All right, so welcome back. Sports meets beer. We are getting off on a better foot than the last segment. I guarantee it. Uh, thanks for coming, everybody, all four of you. Thank you very much. It's awesome. Our esteemed panel of friends and family, people that owe us money. That's why they're here. Brad is just diving in the sandwich. So for the, for podcasting, when you listen to this, we uh, Brad has successfully uh, replicated the hammer sandwich. Which is a uh, is a chicken fried chicken cutlet 
over a uh, a waffle <laughs> waffle with a maple aioli, also some onion rings in there, pepper jack cheese, bacon. What I what I crispy miss? onion straws. Nice. That's a, um, that's a sandwich. Look, I know it's a head to head competition with the Fenway Frank, but I have a feeling I know who's going to win this. <laughs> I mean, I know it's. This isn't a battle royale, but uh, I have a, a strong suspicion who's going to win this competition. <laughs> well, let me put it this way. When I was done prepping this, and I was looking at a table full of fried onions, bacon, and fried chicken, and the grease so full in the pan that it was overflowing, I thought, this is Atlanta on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're back. Uh, you know, anyone in the crowd who hasn't checked us out, we also we have social media sites, so Sports Meets Beer, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Untapped. Uh, we're on all those. So please check it out if you get a ch- time to listen. Uh, after we go over this, uh, the, the sandwich in front of you, in front of the judges, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about NBA playoffs. We're going to talk a little bit about NHL playoffs, some baseball, kind of sprinkle some uh, sports talk in there. And uh, we've got three other beers that we're going to try from Lagunitas uh, that are exclusive only to their tap room. So we brought them here for you. I think we should talk a little NBA playoffs right now. I think it's a great idea. Um, when we talk roughly, I don't know, episode three maybe, right after the All-Star break, and we said, how big of a dumpster fire can the Houston Rockets become? Uh, we didn't know at the time that the dumpster fire would achieve supernova dying sun heat. Yes. Um, because the last two games of that series were unreal. I mean, Dwight Howard, interesting, interesting thing that I, I was wondering, at the end of that 30-point blowout in Game 5, they left Dwight Howard in there. Nobody called down to J.B. Bickerstaff and said, hey, dude, if he gets hurt, he's definitely opting in, and we're trying to get rid of him. <laughs> Will you please get him off the damn court? And, you know, apparently he, he tried. He tried like hell. Five, five fouls. Yeah, Personals. Appar- I mean, that's, well, he was trying to he was trying to, to get Draymond Green to do something stupid. Oh, absolutely. That's what he was doing. The fifth one, hands on the face. I was like, come on. This is. Oh, yeah. When he smacked con- him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's amazing. J.B. Bickerstaff said, well, he asked me, he said he wanted to stay in the game. Well, they asked. He asked you to trade James Harden. You didn't do that. Get him off the damn court. It was, you know, it's amazing. You know, Daryl Morey is the general manager there, and he's got, he's known around the league for all of his, you know, use of metrics and averages and all the, uh, all the you know, sort of sabermetric statistics. Um, you know, and there's just one thing. We say it all the time. All that stuff makes a lot of sense. It's why the A's have been pretty good for a long time. But there's just something about being clutch. There's something about having team chemistry, and they just didn't recreate that. You know, and I think part of that is because you've got James Harden, who is an inefficient player in a system that is designed to be efficient. You've got that. You've got that. You know, a team that's built around, you know, his ability to handle the ball, and then you've got a bunch of hybrid style guards and forwards, and then Dwight Howard, and half of the guys are nutcases. Yeah, but you look at their extracurriculars, as it were, and it's, you know, it doesn't work out. And so, as much as I think Morey is kind of an idiot. You know, for all his ramblings on Twitter, I think it was kind of his comeuppance, and I think now you're really going to find out how good of a GM he is because now he's got to try and rebuild all that. And will he evolve? I think the answer is probably no. But at least this offseason is going to be really interesting for a number of reasons, the least of which is that one, right? So, you know, well, being being a fairly new NBA fan, just seeing the way that Harden 
address the, you know, we, we talked before about how he chooses to play defense. I mean, granted, he was, his shots were spot on. Uh, questionable shot in, in game three, uh, four. Uh, right, that was that was the controversy around that, about if it was a shot or not. Uh, but just seeing how he, I mean, how they handled themselves, him and Howard were just, I just felt like, you know, you're supposed to, you want to march to the championship game and be professionals. That was like the furthest thing from it. It was well, so bad. You know, people hate James Harden because of his style of play. He's a guy that it's very hard to officiate because of how big he is and how strong he is and how much contact he generates. So he gets a lot of foul calls that seem wishy-washy. But you know that he is a, an exceptional talent because the Warriors did a great job in games one and two of giving ground and making sure that he didn't run into them. Mm-hmm. So what did he do in game three? He makes the adjustment, and he just went on like an immediate... His game was two quick steps to the basket and then a step back open jump shot because the Warriors were so busy giving ground. A lot of players just bullheadedly keep with what they're good at, and he was able to make the adjustment. I mean, it really does speak to how good of a scorer he can be. But where he cr- he creates an issue with the Rockets is he does not play defense. He knows that Dwight Howard is back there, so he'll olay somebody, let somebody olay around him, and then when Howard can't recover to defend it, he gets after Howard for that. So then Howard will leave his guy sooner to defend and help Harden out, and then he leaves his guy open for the lob or for a dunk or for an right. offensive rebound. Right, right. I mean, it, his defense is not necessarily just a one-on-one issue. His defense crushes the entire roster, really. And I just, I just feel like they, they bicker and argue. And you look at the talk about the, the, the total opposite in Golden State Warriors. You know, they're on the they same. They hate each other. I, no, but I'm just saying, like everyone in the Warriors is laughing, having a good time. It doesn't matter what game it is and how close the game is. They're all smiles, all fun. You just tell that's where. You know, I heard it last night on the game is that a good roster is built from the bottom up. That's a big Steve Kerr belief. You're right. Right. And it's I just you could just see that I mean the 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 teamwork and the camaraderie there it it speaks volumes and you look at you know the Rockets I feel like are one bad play away from just completely having a meltdown on the court. Yeah, I mean you have the league MVP goes out of a game, you are tied at the half, and you take an absolute shit in the third <laughs> quarter and get blown out by they since Steph Curry went out. They out got outscored over the course of sixty quarter or six quarters, sixty points. That's the nuts. Warriors outscored the Rockets by sixty in the six quarters that Curry got hurt. Well, and, and now obviously with with Curry being out, we we the to go to the next game. You're talking about the uh, you know Trailblazers versus the Clippers, and you hope that that thing goes to seven games. You hope it gives them enough time to rest, and and he's obviously not going to make game one of that, but he'll hopefully get in at some point. Uh, well, how, if if he needs to, but if they play like they did last night, I mean that's that that team is on fire. I don't see a scenario in which you start Steph Curry until you have two losses. Right, that makes sense. But how about this? Another thing that we mentioned right around the All Star break, uh, what was going to happen with Blake Griffin coming back to the Clippers? Too and soon. they obviously rushed him back because he's the same injury. Right. Yeah. So you know we we were concerned about that. The offense was rolling without him, and they obviously played fine with him. But it's just, it's interesting now. I just felt like Paul went out, and all of a sudden Blake Griffin was like, hey, I'm hurt too. Hey, I'm hurt too. <laughs> hey, look at me. Hey, everyone, look at me. I'm hurt too. Point. No, it's hurt right here. Like the, yeah. the same clip on ESPN. Oh, it's right here in my, right here in my, my, this quad. Yeah, the same one that was hurt before. Yeah, it's the yeah. same one. Well. And then he punched the guy. You know, I think if there's one thing that we know about from these, you know, NBA playoffs, it's that everyone said, oh, the East is back. The East is back. Uh, the Boston Atlanta series has been a nightmare. The right. uh, 
the Charlotte-Miami series has been boring. Um, the Cleveland-Detroit series was relatively boring as much as, as much as they tried to make it right. you know, exciting. But, you know, it's really it's top-heavy in the West. It's, you know, there are five teams that are really legitimately good, and that's pretty much the end of it. And I think it's a telling statement that, you know, the middle of the NBA playoffs, when the most teams are still involved, it's the opening round, and there's one game scheduled for the night of the NFL draft. It speaks both to the value and how highly regarded the NFL is in this country. I mean, the NFL is king. And it also speaks to how proud of the Eastern Conference the, NA, the NBA really is. And it's not at all because it's right. buried inside the first round of the NFL draft. Yeah, and that uh, the draft has gone. I haven't been able to see anything. The only, only thing that's come out of the NFL draft so far is uh, apparently there's a, a, a player that likes to smoke weed out of a gas mask. That's, that's all I've gotten well, thus far. Tunsil. My mouth is full of bacon. <laughs> nice. Uh, I know that's news to everyone. Well, so gonna, let's get your gonna, let's get your two cents on the sandwich, buddy. What do you think? Um, I, you know, it, it was good. I, I didn't get a, a ton of the maple aioli. I thought there'd be a little more of that on there. Uh, bacon was good. I almost was. I'm just saying. You asked my opinion. I think that I would like to keep this to a review of the sandwich itself and not of the way in which Waiting. it was put together. Thank you very much. <laughs> it is not Iron Chef. The, yes. Yeah, it, your plating was messy. It was really horrible. No, the the sandwich was good. I mean, the cutlet was. What are you fucking Yelp? <laughs> yeah. It was made too fast. You must have a microwave in back. Uh, the uh, no, the 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 sandwich was good. The spice on the chicken was good. B- you know, bacon. Who lo- doesn't love bacon? Uh, everything else on the sandwich was yeah. Communists don't exactly, like bacon. and they don't like mustard either. Apparently. Um, so uh, sorry, Richie. <laughs> no, I thought it was. I didn't, I didn't want to have to tell you like this, buddy. But you're a commie. Yeah, it's a great sandwich. <laughs> I think the I think two, uh, the two waffles is a little much. Uh, I think if you could if you could do it, I'm just saying like if you could just do it on one. I'm like, with it. One Perhaps things, like, the Belgian waffle is a bad idea. Perhaps the skinnier American style waffle is a better way to go. Possibly, possibly. Uh, but no, I think the, I think <laughs> yeah. it's still at this point. I mean, to me, it's a landslide victory over the Frank. That's just my opinion. I mean, the hot dog. Landslide. I'm just saying. It's, I don't see how it couldn't be. Right. The uh, I don't think that Fenway Frank brought it to a game today, and I'm not saying it wasn't preparation. It's just it's a it was a hot dog. Uh, I'm thinking maybe the Dodger dog would have been a better choice. They should have beat out maybe you're, the bracket. You're saying that you're saying that just to just to rile me up. No, I'm not. You are. I'm not. No. Maybe I am. Yeah. Just okay. A little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> That's okay. We can't always agree on everything, right? No, we can't. We don't typically. We don't. And I yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. I just, uh, you know, I think it's, it was a hot dog. It was bound to win. I couldn't, I did not want to recreate the cha-cha bowl. It's no. just a lot of work for this freaking event. No, it don't add way too much. Yeah. Our budget isn't that high for the crab sandwich either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could afford hot dogs and chicken sandwiches. Uh, I want to go jump down and talk to these guys and see what they thought. What do you think? I think it's an excellent idea. All right. <laughs> Frankfurter, is that one? Does that count? Yes. Artist interpretation right. on the F word. Man on the street. Here we go. Enrique, friend of mine for a lot of years. This isn't a roast, nor is it a toast at a wedding. Tell me what you thought. It's not a roast yet. Uh, you got to speak into the mic. <laughs> the sandwich took it by a landslide. Uh, hot dog just, it didn't have very much flavor. And it uh, didn't really taste like a beef dog. Because it's made of chicken. Oh, I'm just kidding. See? I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we were wondering. But, uh, yeah, the sandwich killed it. The sandwich was sandwich. amazing. All right. Boot, write that down. One for sandwich. 
You because waited, we, there's no way we could possibly write bite this. Yet. You waited until like she was like halfway to her first bite. What a jerk. <laughs> all right, Stinky Sam, what do you think? Sandwich all the way. Sandwich, Sandwich all the way. I'd go with the uh, maple aioli. Tied that. Was there too much or not enough? Just between you and I. Easy. I, I got to say there wasn't enough. Sandwich all the way. Hot dog. That wasn't. That was bread. It was bread with wireless and mustard. The, the dog was. Mm, it's like a turkey dog. It beat out a lot of other things in the bracket. And if I had my s together, my shit together, I would have had that bracket out and printed and everything. But I literally, my computer just got done doing a Windows update. It was perfect timing. Pickles, Kyle, what do you think? All about the chicken sandwich. How about we say it again into the microphone? All about the chicken sandwich. This is the portion of the review in which the average weight jumps 150 pounds, and the reviews, the reviews will obviously be skewed to that side. Once we hit these other three somewhat dapper gentlemen and they said sandwich, the rest of it's fucked. <laughs> uh, you definitely got to go with the hammer. Uh, that was, it was all about the, uh, the chicken, the aioli, the bacon, the strings. Uh, the only thing good about the Fenway Frank was actual bread. I mean, it felt like the bread, the mustard, and the relish brought it, but what was inside? Where's the beef? Steve, I want honest feedback. Seems like everyone's just doing what I want to say. <laughs> I want you to cut it. Cut me, cut me honest here. Cut me. All right, so here's the thing. Like, so, so ballpark food has to be taken in context, for one thing. I mean, it has to be experienced in the ballpark. So I feel like the Fenway Frank... So uh, they're both messes. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so the thing is, with the Fenway Frank, like, if I was going to go a little Goodwill hunting, I would take it aside and say, it's not your fault. That would be the first thing I would say. <laughs> but, but if, if you're going to... Exactly. But if you're going to ta- take these things for what they're worth, sitting here with the... First off, I didn't have a lot of maple aioli, and I'm not a big maple guy, but I thought that with the spice of the pepper jack plus the bacon plus the whole enrobed in waffle and the, and the fried chicken, I mean, it really, it was, it was no contest. I'm sorry, Boston, but you suck. You're wicked weak. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. There we go. That's big shoes to fill right there, Casey. Pressure's on. All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the hot dog. <laughs> No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> My God. I don't know. I've never... Somehow that hot dog tasted racist. I don't know if that's because it was from Boston. Um, I was waiting for a double switch on the hot dog, but again, it's an American League hot dog, so they don't do a double switch. Um, the, uh, the, the waffle chicken sandwich, is, it's where it's at. I like... Uh, I think we should do the pizza burger monstrosity that they're also doing in Atlanta, right? They like to shove foods in between other foods, which is which is great. Uh, the uh, the bacon was obviously the star, the starting pitcher, if you will, and that starting pitcher can hit. I'll tell you. <laughs> so yeah, go and and I also appreciate the fact that I could try this without having to actually go to Georgia. So thank you for that. That's actually, that well. you know, you say that. You know what a really fun thing to do in Georgia is get, get back the, on the plane and yeah, come get home. Get the hell out of Georgia. <laughs> yeah. And put foods in between other foods, I guess. So that is uh, that is an eight zero shutout in favor of the uh, the hammer. It's uh, it's n- no, it didn't. Well, considering it took me almost my entire workday 
to put together this sandwich and 48 seconds before I left to put together the hot dog, I can't say that I'm really shocked. <laughs> so what we're going to do now, we're going to jump into uh, more beer. A lot more beer. Good idea. And you guys, uh, table seven, table six, feel free to come on up. There's some Lagunitas growlers up front there. Uh, we're going to talk about Lagunitas Aunt Sally with raspberry. I grabbed this at the Lagunitas Brew Pub today. Uh, they, they recently came out with a new everyday item uh, called Aunt Sally, which is a, uh, it's a sour, a dry hopped sweet tart sour mash ale. Uh, essentially, what that means is, is that they utilize uh, lactobacillus. Uh, lactobacillus, if you're not familiar you. in, the, uh, <laughs> in, the, uh, in the beer world, um, this is actually uh, something they're using now, and this is, this is what's uh, creating sours. Uh, it is one of, one of three different, because uh, you've got uh, Brett. I can't remember the third one. It's Brett, it's this, and there's another one. That this, there's an actual bacteria that goes into the uh, into the brew portion. They use this in the in the wort. So in the in the beer world, when you're brewing, bring it to a boil. All your ingredients are in there. Essentially, that wort uh, it, it, before it cools down, they're adding this uh, adding the lactobacillus into that, and it creates it. It begins the it jump starts the yeast and begins a uh, begins a process of of uh, creating alcohol when the uh, the sugars start eating uh, the bacteria, or the sugars start fermenting, uh, making making alcohol, making delicious alcohol. This and Sally uh, is done with raspberries. When did the brewer of this stop making Smirnoff ice? <laughs> nice. <laughs> because this, there's a growler right there. Brink, get in it. Uh, yeah. If, if anybody listened to last week's podcast. Um, People will know that Kevin Brink has been dying to review Lagunitas beers. <laughs> if you are not aware, Kevin Brink participated in a homebrewers competition that judged by Lagunitas last week, and they told him his beer tasted like microwaved diarrhea. So now he is chomping at the bit. In fact, um, we should probably take that microphone off the table. <laughs> um, that's not my favorite. Why? Why is it not your favorite? Uh, there's. It's not really a. I mean, I realize that it's brewed, and I, I respect the art, but in my opinion, man, it, the sour and the raspberry and everything else, it tastes like a, it tastes like a shitty raspberry lemon drop in my mind. Uh, have you, when's the last time you had like a, a frambrosen, which is traditionally like a raspberry or a fruit, fruit frambrosen beer? Um, probably before I was, never, probably never. <laughs> never. Well, it's it's generally frambozens are a brown ale, uh, but it's using the, obviously the fruit component of, of raspberries, things like that take over. This is very similar to that in the in the fruit flavor, uh, whereas this one has got a little more. It's easier to drink, and I think you're what you're. You know, the all jokes aside, I mean, it's easy drinking, much like uh, a Smirnoff Ice or a malt drink like that, because it is light, because it is tart uh, and and sour and tart tend to go hand in hand on your palate, and you don't really differentiate between the two at what point do sours just become sours for hipsters sake <laughs> well, this tastes like this tastes like that might be the case well if he doesn't walk around you guys are going to keep talking amongst yourselves and not listen to us like brink well, no, talking I'm, to two I'm pretty girls to, i'm about to ask kevin brink because i do want to hear what red button he pushes for this review it's gonna but, go nuclear i promise <laughs> he wants to take his time 
Of course he does. No, but this, I think, you know, to me, again, this is another approach to getting people into sours. You know, sours traditionally are um, very big, very bold, very hard. If you're not prepared for that style of beer, it's just like people who, if you're, if you're used to drinking Coors Light and I hand you a double IPA of anything, your, your palate is going to have overload. You're not necessarily, and you might not be ready for that. And this same thing, if I handed you, hand you a, a dark sour that's been, you know, barrel-aged and it's been sitting and resting for over a year, um, they've waited till it's just right, and it's one of those things. It's such an overpowering, complicated flavor that a lot of people can't get into sours. And they try it once, and they go, I'm not a sour guy. That's just not my thing. Right. Whereas now, you get something like this. It's light. It's easy. It's unique because it's only at the brew pub. You've probably already had two or three others. It's going to taste amazing. Or your sunglasses get stolen. I don't know. So what you're saying is you have to be drunk to enjoy this beer. Is that what you just implied? No. No, I implied that more people are going to be willing to try it because they've had a few drinks. How do you think wine clubs exist? That's a great The only reason wine clubs exist is because people get drunk, and then they're like, oh, it does sound like a great idea. they pick up the wine, and then they make the money anyway. Yeah. It's just like a gym membership. like a gym membership. Same thing. Which neither one of us know anything about. That's not true. I set foot in a gym just yesterday because they put on Loganese IPA and Sir Racer 5, and I wanted to go test it. <laughs> but I didn't go into the gym. I went to the, the bar well, in the gym. I have a gym membership that I pay monthly and have never set foot in there, so I guess I understand. There you go. I don't know. I guess we've talked about this before on the show. Sours, I've tried a thousand times to appreciate them, and it's just not my style. And so I don't know that it's – like, I can appreciate them for what they are, but like I said, this just – this tastes like a – this tastes like – uh, chapstick, really. Like cherry-flavored chapstick. <laughs> like making out in freaking sixth grade? This is like making out with the hooker that left the watermelon beer at your house. <laughs> if you... if Well, I mean, I'm just saying, if you listen to the show, you know about the watermelon Dorado. Well, this... this I mean, we've got, we've got the room. We can say anything we want. What, was hooker out of line? I don't... No, I don't know, but everyone gave it the... Uh, like it, it was a big Special deal. Special Olympics uncomfortable, I think is what it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get Brink. He's, I think he's ready. Yeah, let's, are you, let's are you get ready? What he says. Get a, so again. And then the next voice I want to hear is Ochoa. I want to hear what he says. Hey, Ochoa. About this beer. Hey, Alex. You're Alex, next. That mustache, man, you look like Machete's gay cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I, want to, I, want to hear you, I want to hear you try this beer next. So get ready. All right, so Kevin, Kevin Brink, Brink, you're on. Uh, you're completely unbiased. Unaffected by your own negative reviews, completely subjective. What is your objective? Subjective? I don't care. Rejective? Rejective is probably more <laughs> accurate. What is your review of this uh, chapstick beer? <laughs> I actually, I, I, I actually enjoy it. It's kind of yes, because like, it's something different from Lagunitas. Everything else tends to be the same. I agree. And uh, that's quite the left-handed compliment. Nice work. <laughs> it's not a big hot bomb. That's it's it's actually a pretty good beer. I'm, I, it's not microwave baby diarrhea. <laughs> you've let down the room. <laughs> no, well done. No, you've let, he's let you down. <laughs> what? Well, no, everyone was kind of hoping he would shit all over the thing, and now. Oh my wah, wah. Let's ask our boys from uh, Barrel Proof Comedy. Okay. You guys have any thoughts on the chapstick beer? Oh, Sally. <laughs> that girl. <laughs> I was wondering if anyone was going to get that. No, it's great. It's good. It's I, I like sour beers, so it was, it's uh, it's not overpowering. It doesn't taste uh, like artificial. It it dries out super fast. 
which is cool. It's almost I, it's very cider like. Yeah, in my you opinion. gotta be, and and there's a time and a place for everything, and the, and this is definitely like a summer delicious beer that you could probably drink on a you know with a picnic or something, right? I don't know. Do yeah. you picnic oh, often? Wait, wait, wait. Do you picnic Steve's, often? Steve's gonna tell you about our picnic. There, as I say, I like picnics. Where, 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 give me your top five picnic spots. Right, yeah. <laughs> Well, you got to come follow us. This is a uh, <laughs> this is a gateway sour. Yes. So yeah, it's totally one of these things where you're like, hey, you like sour beers? I don't know. And then you give them this, like maybe, and then they enjoy it. But th- the thing is, too, is that like this is like manzima. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's, it's craft it's, craft zima. Yeah, it's something different, and I'm okay with it. I mean. Like here's the thing, like it's everything has like like Casey was saying, everything has its place. You know, it's like I mean there are certain like if we're gonna do IPAs, let's do IPAs. Let's get right. weird. Let's get hoppy. Let's like suck on a Christmas tree. You know, then it's like oh we're gonna do a raspberry sour, and it's like <laughs> all right, this is the one I would choose <laughs> because I don't know where else to go with it. But <laughs> that's fine. No, it's is it is it good? Sure. Have I had a lot to drink before this? Yeah. And now we're having a good time. Am I am I upset with it? No. Give me more waffles and chicken please <laughs> i somehow he made every one of us happy with that exactly <laughs> he just had funny words and i was laughing for no reason whatsoever it's almost like he's done that before all right with the next one up uh it's the pills I should say pills on the lid this is the title of it is uh it's logging is definitely not a pills uh, I literally have zero information on ABV on this. There is nothing on their website, nothing in the brewery. Uh, I can only tell you that this Pilsner has been brewed with prickly pear, Meyer lemons, and fresh sage. All right, so as we're dispensing these, again, everyone in the room can come up and try these, not just us. Rock, Logan, get up here. Don't be bashful. There are growlers here for everyone to enjoy. In case, no, in case not everyone here knows, that's Alex Ochoa, friend of mine, friend of yours. You're going to trip. I like the fruitiness in this beer. What? (laughs) Does it go well with pizza? Yeah, it goes well with pizza. It's really mild. I can pound this. You Um, like it? Yeah, I actually really do dig it. Yeah, so the... uh, That was convincing, Alex. Thanks, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that, you definitely... I mean, the sage is is the first thing that lingers, in my opinion. You you know, it just stays on your palate. Uh, You get the sweetness from the prickly pear... I don't necessarily get the Meyer lemon in this at all, but uh, the sage is there, and it's to me the sage is, is very pleasant. Like this would go, uh, you know, like I don't know, this would go like a like a good like turkey soup or something like that, where you know, real light. The Meyer lemon is really like is really it gives it what lends the sweetness in a lot of ways. It's not like a particularly tart, right? Like, and so it's really uh, it's really mild and understated, I, and it's good. I think you know if you're going to go out to make. An herby beer, right? You don't want your herbs to be overtaken, right? So I think it's I think it's good. I mean, I mean, I guess you could have really have you could have a heavy hand with sage very quickly, but I feel yeah. like it's pretty well balanced. Uh, you know, it takes over. It definitely doesn't have any kind of uh, cleanliness that a pilsner would have that you expect. You know, traditionally with pilsners, you expect uh, very light bodied, clean finishing. You know, not a lot of depth to the to the beer necessarily. Whereas this, that that sage, I mean, I'm still tasting it right now. It lingers for a long time. That's right. for sure. Would you drink a whole pint of this? Probably not. I mean, that's. I think it's good. Uh, no, I, I probably wouldn't want to. It's a I'm lot like. It's not like to me. It's a lot like a like a habanero beer. 
We have uh, <laughs> yeah our, our our veggie hater in the group. Yeah, it tastes like vegetables. She says they use turkey stock to make it. It's delicious. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's like for, kale salad from an eight ounce. You know, for an eight ounce pour, I think I, I would enjoy it, and I think you could do some really cool things with this from like a you know from like a chef's perspective. Oh, absolutely. Things you could pair with this, but you know, it's good, but. You know, I don't it's interesting. I didn't say yeah. it was. I think I personally like the uh, the raspberry. That was a much better beer. But this is good. I mean, it's you know, it is what it is. Sage yeah. beer. It's sage beer. Sage advice. <laughs> <laughs> that was so lame. You should not uh, laugh at that, man. Sage against the machine. <laughs> Even worse. Yeah, I can make it horrible very quickly. Let sage Brad collect himself. I know. It was stupid. I knew as soon as I, I'm like, I should really not say this. No, say it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We will be back momentarily. Sports beats beer. Beer. Sports meets beer returns, the third segment. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Poetry Now. I'm your... <laughs> Awesome. Welcome back. Sports meets beer. Beer. Would you say that this space was uh, necessary, or do you think maybe... Well, as far as what? Well, I don't know. Do you think perhaps we could have done this in my living room, maybe? We could have. We could have done it in my garage. <laughs> um, literally, and I want to kind of inform everyone here how this all went down. We started talking about how we were going to do the food thing, and uh, Will, who bounced out of here and left out of shame because he knows us, um, said, he goes, hey, I've got a waffle iron. And it went, well, look, let's go from there. Yeah, and a I'm waffle gonna... iron. And I'm like, well, you got the waffle iron and a, and a place in the PA system. Let's do this. So in hindsight, we also only had like four days prep. I think that's the same way the Manhattan Project started. Very similar. I have eerily. a waffle iron. Let's blow them up. <laughs> Very eerily similar. <laughs> uh, but no, this has uh, not been the smoothest episode, but we appreciate everyone showing up. Thank you. Don't acknowledge that. We, I've told everybody. I've literally... Shaking everyone's hand and said, hey, thanks for coming. This is our worst episode so far. <laughs> I don't know what to think of that. I don't know. I, th- I thought this was our Self-defecation. Best what are Self- you going to do? Self-defecation? That's Deprecation. you got to pay extra Different. for that. No, not in the champagne room. <laughs> All right, so uh, as you said before, there's plenty of beers to sample, try, do stuff. I don't really care. Um, in a good way, fun way. This is, more of like, this is like more of the garage party. Yeah. You know, minus the bartender and the busboy hanging out. You don't have one of those in your garage? I don't. I need to get one. We do. It'd be great. We do need to get one in your garage. I'd name him Jeeves. <laughs> Just because. I'd ask him stuff. Yeah. <laughs> ask Jeeves. Okay. <laughs> Sage against the machine. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Just revisit the stuff that's good. Yeah, Just exactly. Keep revisiting the stuff that's good. That's what they say. Keep them laughing. Uh, but no, just uh, again, kind of go with everything. Obviously, uh, unanimous victory for the Hammer. Um, I don't know if the Atlanta Braves have the a politically correct song, so we have to do the uh, tomahawk thing to make it work. <laughs> but that'd be that'd be like the victory song. If they were gonna do a victory lap, that'd be it. Any any team that went to like four straight World Series and lost doesn't get to have a victory song. Mm, okay, I like it. Or four straight. I mean, the Buffalo Bills don't have a victory song. Just trying to pull that out of my head. Like, what team was that? <laughs> well, I think considering the uh, Braves won, it was a baseball food. I think it's probably fitting that we finish with a little bit of baseball talk here. I mean, it is we should. now you know, the third week of the baseball season. Right. And we started off, you know, we went, we did a little tailgate at the uh, opening day for the Giants. It was a lot of fun. 
Uh, we were at a, another game that happened to have the Warriors game on, so we didn't really pay much attention to the, the 11, 11 inning annihilation. The nicest Major League Baseball stadium I've ever watched an NBA playoff game from. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I just, you know, obviously you're the baseball guy. I really don't give two shits about baseball. Uh, I mean, I like watching it. Don't this get me will wrong. be a great segment. <laughs> a phenomenal segment. I don't care about this. <laughs> no, I, my, my hatred goes back to the last strike. Um, but it's one of those things where I just just kind of I watch it. I like it. Obviously, I want Bay Area teams to do well. Uh, I'm one of those guys. But really, at the end of the day, I, I feel like, you know, the energy from opening day to now, I just feel like the Giants are kind of shit in the bed. I know they've won a couple games recently. Can you, what do you think? I mean, I just feel like the energy isn't there. I feel like it's a it's you know everyone is expecting greatness because it's the uh, the even year. I mean, what do you think? Well, it's tough because you know they came out, they scored all those runs early. Um, you know, they're still to this even now they're third in the league in run differential and total runs scored. Um, but they've done that in you know of their twenty one games or whatever it is. They've done that in like five games. I mean, they scored thirteen runs yesterday. They you know put up twelve runs against Milwaukee. They you know they put up seven runs. They've had they've had a number of games where they've gotten shut out. They didn't even put that many runs up in Colorado of all places. Um, so there's it's been sort of fits and starts for the Giants' offense this year to some degree. Um, plus, you know, the first you know couple of starts, Bumgarner didn't really have it together. I mean, he pitched. He's good enough to kind of fight through that, but he. He hasn't been dominant the way that you expect. Cueto has been everything that we thought he was going to be. And Samarja, for the most part, has been exactly who we thought you were going to be. And so, or we thought who he was going to be. So you go through the first couple of weeks of the season here, and it comes down to Kane and Peavy. And Kane and Peavy, those games are a problem because the bullpen is very young and they have not quite found their, their stride. So it feels like, you know, when you've got three World Series titles in six years, you, ex- you know, you come to this expectation of when we when the Giants truly get better then you expect them to play at championship caliber level all the time right and that's not how it is open but people forget it's a 162 game season and if we had done this podcast if we'd asked this question last week it would have been oh my god they just got swept by the Cardinal or the uh the Diamondbacks and they yeah. and they lost three out of four in Colorado and you know it would have been all bad but then they go and they the take panic two out of button would have been on for sure yeah they take two out of three from Miami at home and then they you know they sweep San Diego um, you know and now they're on to the Mets I mean the difference in a week is a big deal and I think that's the thing to kind of keep in mind with baseball is that um, as long as everything is kind of trending up you know because you know that the Giants went through a spell there where the entire offense wasn't hitting they opened the season all kind of hitting and then they all weren't hitting and that's not going to be the rhythm of the entire season there's going to be a situation where guys are going to stay hot you have a few guys hot, a few guys that are cool. And that's the thing about baseball is that it's sort of, you know, we talked about it on one of the first episodes. Baseball has a funny way of weaving itself in and out of your summertime lifestyle, as it were. And as that goes, sort of the ebb and flow of baseball, it follows a similar path in that some guys are hot, some guys are not. It's your ability to sort of maintain, um, maintain momentum despite all of that that makes you great. And so the Giants are plugging along. I mean, you know, you say they're shit in the bed. They're only a game back in the, in the division right now. And as we're, I didn't say they were. I said they feel like they are. Right, but I'm just different. Saying, no, but I'm just saying. Right, even right now, I'm sorry, a game and a half back, and the Dodgers are losing right now to to uh, whoever the hell they're playing, Miami. So uh, I don't like baseball, but I really hate the Dodgers. I'll go with that. Well, thank you, buddy. There we go. That's just how I know you're a good friend. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, and then you know the other side of the of. The Bay Area. What are the A's doing? Does anybody know? Does anyone in this room even watch the A's at all? <laughs> there we go. He's still with us, everybody. No, I just, you know, the thing about the A's is that, you know, they, 
And it's the most irrelevant team to ever have a movie made about them. True. You know, at least like the Cleveland Indians had, you know, had Major League and it was a comedy. Like these guys had like, a, you know, what did they, I don't know. I, I don't have like this deep rooted hatred for the A's like a lot of Giants fans do. Um, but, you know, they went out and they, the big thing was that they hadn't lost a series yet. You know, they hadn't lost a series yet and yet they still somehow now have a losing record at 11 and 12. You know, they went, they lost their first series to the Yankees and now they're, they lost their series to Detroit today. You know, they're 11 and 12. It's, they're going to be remarkably unremarkable <laughs> through most of the season. Do you, you know, it's just one of those things. I, I think, you know, really the best baseball is being played in Chicago right now. The White Sox are having a great start. The Cubs are phenomenal. Yeah, Cubs look good. You know, it's all those young guys and, and you know, Theo Epstein, he left the Red Sox because the hot dogs suck and now he's the general <laughs> manager of the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> So it's an exciting time. You know, the Warriors obviously are rolling. The NBA playoffs are going. And now that we're through the first, the first round and the, you know, some of the, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies are gone and the Dallas Mavericks are gone, some of these other lesser teams are gone, the, the, the rounds start to get more juicy. Major League Baseball is starting to pick up some real speed. You know, they're, they're opening, for, uh, opening votes for the All-Star game is getting ready to start. That's how you know that baseball's finally gotten in full swing because you, you're able to make or at least pretend to be educated when you're casting your ballot for the All-Star game. Um, that's how you know you're, you're fully engaged with the season. And so now it's a great time of the year. It's a great time of the year, and, and uh, we're fortunate here in the Bay Area because... Well, that's the thing. I try to tell people all the time. Like, I mean, you, it's not very often that in, for the, the six people in Northern California that watch the Sharks, uh, it's cool to have the hockey team there. You've got base. Everyone's engaged in baseball, and expectations are that the Giants are going to go postseason. Uh, you know, obviously the excitement on the Warriors, and if you can't get, if you can't, ra- if you're going to pick any sport, if you're someone that's just like, hey, I'm not a sports person, if you can't get energized by watching a Warriors game, you need to check and see if you even have a heart or a soul. Yeah, because that's is like the, it seems to be like the funnest. Uh, if that's the funnest, uh, it's most it is, funner. It's the most funner, the most funner uh, you could possibly have. Uh, with your pants on or off, it's just it's it's a great time to watch. Imagine what it's like if you're there with your pants off. Uh, well, I've tried that, and apparently you get escorted out of the building very quickly. Well, they say, and people always say, you know, there's nothing like playoff hockey. There's nothing like playoff hockey. I grew up in San Jose. I've been to a number of playoff hockey games, and they are a phenomenal atmosphere. I can tell you they do not hold a candle to playoff basketball at Oracle Arena. Oh, no. There's no way. It's not close. Uh, I'd say I, I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, as much as, you know, the ho- I mean, I'm looking at the bracket right now. Uh, really, the outcome on this is, you know, Hopefully the Sharks can make it. Everyone's attention. 90% of, of the sports fans are going to be watching the NBA. That's where it's at. Uh, I don't know. I think that you're going to see a lot more people engaged in the Sharks now that they've, they've cleared the hurdle of the LA Kings. I can tell you that. Well, and also cleared the home, the home winning issue. And gotten through the first round. I mean, you know, our, our trusted hockey correspondent said, they both said that this was the best team that was constructed right. to go deep into the playoffs. Which we, tr- we were going to get on the phone. So I don't know if you guys have heard, we have got two hockey correspondents that are working with us, uh, Aiden Labatt and Jacob Molson. Yes. Those are their real names. Those aren't made up. Uh, they were supposed to call in today. They've both been uh, called away. They're, they're guarding the border up in Canada. Uh, it's fine. We'll get them on the phone another time. But they're, uh, they're the, our hockey affiliates. Uh, but no, the uh, I think I think ultimately the thing I'm looking forward to most uh, NBA playoffs it's going to be it's going to be Warriors Spurs that's going to be the that's going to be the ultimate game it's going to be forget the finals that's going to be the game that's going to be the most exciting and that probably the closest in 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 my humble 
two year knowledge of NBA wisdom. Two years. Nice. Have you had a chance to actually watch the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder post game press conference after they dispatched of the Dallas Mavericks? No. Uh, if you have not had a chance to watch it, it's phenomenal. Uh, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant get up on the microphone dressed in ridiculous outfits as most of these NBA players are after their uh, closeout victories and or losses. And they were asked, Mark Cuban, who ran his mouth about Russell Westbrook, and also Ch- Charlie Villanueva, who um, acted a fool, as they say in them streets. <laughs> uh, they asked Russell Westbrook about Mark Cuban's comments about him being a superstar. And Kevin Durant, you know, most of the time, these press conferences are pretty mundane. And there's nothing really of note. That's why Riley Curry was such a big deal last year. But most of the time, they're pretty mundane. Nobody says anything of note. And Kevin Durant literally cuts Russell Westbrook off and goes, Yo, Mark Cuban is an idiot. And then they asked him about Charlie Villanueva, and Russell Westbrook said, just threw a Molotov cocktail through the window and said, uh, well, I don't know much about what he's going to do. He'll probably go home, sit on the couch, and uh, get ready for watching all 82 games from the bench again next year like he did this past year. And Russell Westbrook, or, and then Kevin Durant said, yeah, he's an idiot too. He probably won't even be in the league. Wow. <laughs> just one of the greatest press conferences you will ever watch um, because, like I said, most of the time they say nothing. Uh, I just want to thank God I play for my teammates. And uh, what you think about my bow tie? Nice. Uh, well, I think uh, I think we're wrapping this up. It's like a Trojan commercial. We're wrapping it up. There we go. Trojan man. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone here. We appreciate it. Thank you, Sally Tomatoes. Check us out. Sports Meets Beer. Beer. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Untapped. You name it. Call me. I don't care. It, if you need his number, it's written on the uh, men's room wall here in the, the establishment. There we go. Awesome. Thank you very much. Sports Meets Beer. Yeah.